Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 87. And my name is Joanna Hamilton. I am the CEO and founder of Secret Birds HQ, soon to be called Rare Birds, so look out for that. And today, I would like to give a warm welcome to our guest, Miss Lorlet Hudson. Hello, Lorlet. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm in sunny Jamaica. I'm fine. Yes, I know. Wonderful, wonderful. That sounds great. And I'm in very cold China. So here <laughs> we have balance. So Lorlet, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. And before we jump into the topic, I just want to read a little bit about you to our audience. So Lorlet is the executive leadership coach. She is an executive leadership coach, rather, and she's also the founder and CEO of One Hand Can't Clap Limited. And she's also building exceptional leaders whose influence shapes our world since 2000. Now, her focus is leadership, innovation, strategy, and peak performance. As a peak performance and executive leadership coach, Lorelette is on a mission to support senior executives and entrepreneurs to improve their productivity, stay relevant, focused, and produce powerful results in their personal and professional lives. In 2000, she established One Hand Can't Clap, which is a very popular Jamaican proverb and one of the UK's leading learning and, and development enterprises to address underperformance and improve productivity in the workplace and working with executives and senior professionals. Her pioneering approach has resulted in winning the Silver Award of the prestigious British Film Inventors and Innovators Awards, Wave Makers National Awards, a recent runner-up in the National Training Awards, and also a member of Corvusur, the future 500 top talents in the UK. All in recognition of her innovative and unique story-based coaching and training style of improving productivity and performance. So Lorelet is a multi-award winning inventor herself and empowers executives in being innovative, turning ideas into enterprise, nurturing their planning and initiation, abilities in the area of project management and effective communication. She's the author of a 52 box of Jamaican Caribbean proverbs used to facilitate change and develop high performing teams. She's also an international speaker and trainer. And Lorelette, your education and certifications include a bachelor's in mass communications, a postgrad diploma in professional development. You're also a certified coach and you're a transformational leadership practitioner. So welcome again to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. Yes. And Lorelette, today uh, we are going to discuss the topic of the importance of preserving our heritage and our culture. But before we jump into the topic, would you mind just sharing with us a little bit about your background and who you are and how you ended up doing the work that you're doing today? Yes, um, I'm a Caribbean child. I was born in Jamaica. I lived in the UK for 40 40 plus years, about 48 years. I went there when I was a child. And so I'm passionate about culture, organizational culture, culture in terms of how we start our business. I think culture is everything. It's the foundation. And the other thing, communication. How do we communicate on our everyday basis? If you listen to most people, when they communicate, it's never from a point of where their strengths lie, it's always about what I don't have, I'm not able to. So I decided to empower people to speak um, from a place of power and to transform the way they operate by understanding that that's where their power lies. So that's, that's where I started from. I've spent many years in guidance and careers and enabling people to have clarity of directions and then I just turned all that experience into a business. And that's been since 2000. Wow, that is incredible. So, Lorenet, let's jump into the topic. So, as you know, our audience are all um, early stage women entrepreneurs operating in developing economies, emerging markets, or they come from these places. So why is it important to preserve your heritage and your culture as you're building a business? Why does that matter? I think... 
you are your business and mm. that's where your values and everything that is about you drives the business mm. and um i think the key thing as well is understanding why the business exists and to allow people to understand the key factor of the business is the mission statement and in that mission statement you start off by the person who actually start the business yeah. so every aspect of preserving that heritage you know if you look at all the organization that's been around a very very long time you go back to their mission statements and that's what has enabled them to survive and i think when i study corporations when they call me in to come and do a piece of work it's really and truly go back to the fundamental of the mission statements. And that's why it's important to preserve the culture and the heritage of business mm. over the years. It's what has kept it going. It's the foundation. So that's why I do believe the heritage. You know, for example, if you look at Rolls-Royce, you know, it's, it's a company that's been around for a while. And it still right. has that prestige way about it and how yeah. they operate in the context of what they're doing yeah 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 now you, you you mentioned something you said mission statement so do you are you essentially saying that the mission statement is a almost like a, a manifestation or some kind of culmination of the culture of the business that's where the culture comes out in the mission statement in the values and in the purpose of the business yeah because that's that's um the why why does the business exist mm -hmm. this is how we do things around here mm -hmm. and also people buy into that so if you look at every company they have a strap line which ties into um, the mission statement mm -hmm. and that enables people to understand why the business exists how we do things here and right. how we manage to get the outcome Right. Now, these are big companies that you've mentioned, and, and that's, that's great. Those are big companies. But how do we apply that to these, you know, very small businesses, businesses, startups, who are just starting up, you know, people who just have ideas or who've been running their businesses for less than five years? How do they then incorporate heritage and culture? How do they do it from when they're building from scratch in the embryonic stages of business? Okay, so a business is nothing more than it's a, to, um, a challenge. So your business got to be a response or else you won't make any money. You know, you got to look and recognize that, okay, um, there is something missing there. And I have a mantra that I say to all my clients who are starting businesses. If it's not there, put it there. That's, that's what a business is. It's not there, put it there, right? And so in order to understand if it's not there, put it there, there has to be a mission, you know, just like a business plan. If you go to an investor, they're gonna ask you, okay, so what your business is about? The mm -hmm. mission statement enables you to understand what the business, why does it exist? Why mm -hmm. did you start business in the first place? And so 500 years from now, that same initiative that started off as a small idea and a small concept is driven by the mission statement. So why? So, you know, as a startup, you look around and you would say, okay, um, I'm going to respond to this challenge, um, whatever that challenge may be. Mm -hmm. And there has to be a mission statement. That's also how you enroll other people to work with you. The mission is this. And then people get lit up and excited. Oh, yes, that's great. I want some of that. Mm. Mm. Okay. I've got a question for you. Um, culture. When we think about heritage and culture, we think about it in the context of, okay, for example, you are Jamaican. You know, you have Jamaican heritage, which means you are, your descendants, your, your ancestors or whatnot are, for, are the people of Jamaica. Um, your culture is a Jamaican culture, which is made up of, you know, like every other part of the Caribbean, an amalgamation of cultures. Now, putting that in a business context, how does one preserve that? 
because cult because think about it like this using you again as an example people change culture people make up culture so when people change the culture changes so jamaican culture has changed and evolved over the years as all cultures do but in maybe subtle ways or or some stronger ways we don't know okay just as an example so how do you then incorporate that evolution of culture in your business i mean you mentioned mission statement and all of that stuff but as your business changes and evolves, your culture will change too. So then how is that reflected throughout your business when you're first starting out? Like, okay, here's another example. Year one, you decide, this is my idea, this is what I'm gonna do. But then by year three, like in most startups, you realize, no, this is the business model and this is what we're gonna do. How do you then make sure that the culture is still reflected and that, it's, that it has evolved the way you have evolved? You understand my question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, mm. It's about the values, you know, mm-hmm. as a business owner, mm-hmm. your values is what hold it together. You know, it, it, it's everything. And right. the values is driven by the culture. Got so it. For example, my, my grandmother taught mm-hmm. me, you know, how to think, mm-hmm. how to function, you know, how to operate. So mm. the values been handed down throughout the generation that's why i created the things mama used to say right and the things mama used to say is the values is the fundamental values which is about aspirational determination commitment all the key ingredients around peak performance and mm. one of the thing is action action is the foundation key to my success and mm. that is something that my grandmothers always say, you know, you can't sit in a bucket and draw water at the same time. What she's actually saying, you know, if you want some water, you have to get up off that bucket. You have to go out there and, and really see what's available. Mm. And that's an action and that's a value. So mm. it's preserving that. And so because I was socialized and conditioned, in that whole values around always taking an action, regardless of what the circumstances, if you take an action, something will happen. So that's why it's important to understand what is your values? Because it's in that values that the culture remains. If you look at so many different um, companies that have started, if you really check it out, based on my experience and my research, somewhere in there, they gave the word that this is gonna be the value and this is going to be the culture that we're creating. And somehow they've, they've stopped. Somewhere in there, they stopped doing that. And so there's a breakdown in that. Mm. So again, culture is uh, emanates from core values. So once you've got your mm. core values, the culture should evolve through time because it's a reflection of your values. That's right. Right. And, and, every then, and then being able to communicate that to the people who work with you work for you as an organization you know the ceo stood at the top and says this is how we do things here Mm. this is how we operate so the learning culture and development that we have in this organization is that it's a continuous learning and Mm. then people get to understand that the value is that the knowledge that you have last year is no longer relevant so the culture that you might be creating is innovation so everyone has to innovate it's innovate or die so you have to learn you have to develop you have to keep on learning and development so that's a culture that's a value yeah yeah and the core values how how do we then create those core values do is that do we have to sit down and reflect is that about thinking about what's important to us I think, like, for me, it's um, collaboration. It's Mm. important. Everything that one does, it's impossible to create any large project or small project, any project at all, uh, by yourself. You know, you have to utilize, you have to leverage other people's ideas, Mm. other people's strengths. So in a business, you know, the founder might be good at the visionary, but not necessarily around the implementation. So mm-hmm. it's about looking at, you know, who are the people who you surround yourself is really important in a business mm-hmm. and being able to utilize different skills 
in order to make you a whole. Mm, interesting, interesting. Okay, so we get our core values together. You know, by the way, have you ever uh, heard of um, Apple's core values, which were created by uh, Steve Jobs? I heard of it, but I right now, because I was in um, Stockholm with Steve Wozniak, and what I really got from it, it's what I picked up from the conversation. It was always about um, contribution and being different. Mm. You know, that's, that's what I picked up, that there always was about contribution. And it's about um, giving access to um, people, you know, have a computer in, you know, that was, that was Microsoft really, which says, you know, make it technology available to everyone. You know, so that was their, their core values. And what I get from Apple is the understanding around contribution. Because mm -hmm. one of the things that it wasn't sure about when we was in Stockholm, that the very young people who came to the very first computer club, they um, gave them a million dollars each after they, you know, they start really making pro profits. Because as they said, they were the very first investors who came along to the computer club and allowed them to really practice their, their, their coding, which I think was phenomenal because, you know, with as much as they make that amount of money, they still remember their very first um, clients, which was yeah. the young people who attend the, the computer clubs. Yeah. So that's Steve, value. Yeah. Steve Jobs, he gave a talk once and he talked about Apple's core values and he said they were to honor people who think differently so that yeah. they can change the world with their passion. And yeah. so the core values are around being different, thinking different, affecting change, supporting people who have passions and, and that kind of thing. And I, I think that's really interesting because when you look at Apple's products, they are different. They are, and they are very much an innovative company. I mean, every year they bring out a new, a new phone, for example, and the queues are around the building, you know, like Apple, you know, even though it's kind of the same phone, it looks a bit different, it's super expensive, but we are there and we are wrapping ourselves in queues around the buildings and down the street because we want to get these products because the products yeah. stand, they stand for something that we have all bought into, but we bought into it because they've sold it to us so well through their core values, you know? And it's true because I remembered, you know, when I left school, Marks and Spencer's a very British institution shop. Right. You know, um, so so it, it was the place to work. It was the place that most people aspire to work because, you know, the, the training and the institution to actually say, I work for Marks and Spencer's. Mm. And if you look at the intergenerational stages that we're in now, you know, the, the things isn't there. People don't have that conversation that I know of, or well, I have to work at Marks and Spencer's. It's just business as usual. It's just another place to work. Whereas it was completely different when I was a child growing up. Yeah, definitely. And it's important to remember that core values, they incorporate different things. So principles, beliefs, and philosophy, all of those things can come together to create uh, core values. But going back to Apple, um, Apple was, was very adamant about keeping things simple, not making things complex. They were very big on collaboration and, you know, they often referred to things like cross-pollination. So collaboration, I've always said, is the new innovation. But it's also really important for businesses nowadays who are developing a culture to create a culture of collaboration. Would you, would you agree with that or do you think they don't have to do that? I think, you know, you cannot survive on your own. No individual can create anything by themselves. And collaboration mm. is the new leadership. You mm. know, everything you do has to collaborate. This mm. hierarchy around um, I am the leader and you are the follower, mm. you know, that just doesn't work anymore. Everybody is a leader in every situation, but it's mm. understanding different people's strengths and being able to collaborate with people with the different skills and talents to enable you to have an effective team. So being a leader and causing effective leadership is all about collaboration. It has to be. 
because one individual cannot create anything great. Right. One individual cannot anything great. And that's a perfect gateway to one hand can't clap. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, and you know, that's a proverb that my grandmother always, always used to say. So when I decided to set up a business, the core value came out of that in terms mm. of what my grandmother did, you know, the wisdom that the enduring wisdom that's been handed out throughout the generation. It's yeah, collaboration. You know, if it's collective work and responsibility. So everyone in my company knows it's collective work and responsibility. No one individual. And you know, mm. everyone knows if it's not there, put it there. You know, so if you go in the kitchen and there's no coffee, replace it. If there's mm. no water, replace it. Don't wait for somebody to come and wait for something to happen. If you mm. don't do it, then who's going to do it? Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Something else I wanted to talk about uh, very briefly is a toxic culture. What would you like to define for us? Toxic culture? What is that? Well, you know, everything is all in the communication, isn't it? So the question would be, you know, what's the impact? You know, the first thing I would look at toxic. What does that mean? You know, what is it that people are doing that cause it to be toxic? You know, Mm. what is it that people are doing or not doing? So it could be like um, not honoring each other, not respecting each other, not valuing each other's skills, you Mm. know. And then the other great thing is the individualism. You know, so this is my chair. This is my cup. This is this. You know, so everything becomes very autocratic. And Mm. this is how it's got to be. I Mm. better not do that because there's an impact over here. And then there is that fear, fear of failure. Mm. I better not take any risk. So there is no room for innovation. If you're not creating any innovation, that's not going on. So Mm. that's why I strongly believe in that value. If it's not there, put it there. Mm, if it's not there put it there yeah you've said that a few times if it's not there put it there so that's pretty simple and straightforward isn't it if it's not there put it there but how do you know if it's not there you know sometimes you you don't know you don't know because you know say for example um that thing of recognition the culture having a, a culture of recognition um, so as a leader of an organization, the leader of a business, where there's one person, you know, um, I was speaking to a leader in a large organization, publishing, been around over a hundred and something years. Mm. And that power of recognition works because what they do every Friday, staff members are given free ice cream. I know it's a very simple thing, but it's the power of recognition. Yeah, that's lovely. Who doesn't like free ice cream? Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's that again. There is a gap that people probably feel feeling disempowered and somebody came up with the idea. Why don't we have ice cream day? Why don't we have dress down day? Why don't we create this? So that again, there's, there is a culture of recognition and quite often we take things for granted, even in your own personal life. You know, you you have children or partners, it's that level of recognition. So one of the things, my core value is about recognition. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you said in when we were talking about toxic culture a little bit, you said, you know, what is toxic culture? And I think, um, you know, you mentioned some of the things, but they're quite, you know, there's a laundry list of things that create uh, a toxic culture. For example, one key thing that comes to mind is gossip. You know, um, gossip is really toxic. And, um, you know, gossip, I think, stems from miscommunication or from lack of, Mm. because I think when there's no communication, then people just Mm. make a lot of stuff up. And that Mm. stuff that's made up is then spread around the organization, you know, and then that creates a toxic environment or an an environment that does not um, um, support or, or make room for openness. So everyone's hiding and everyone thinks that they, they have to hide and they can't really express themselves because they're scared they're going to lose their job. That creates a toxic culture too. 
Yeah, so, so that whole thing around fear, you know, and shame and blame. Shame, blame, and fear are three key things that, you know, if you allow that to carry on in your organization or the culture or the business, the startups in that sense, then, you know, people won't take any risk. And, you know, they won't um, take any action because how can I? You know, mm. how can I do it without being told off or get fired? And, you know, if you get people who are leading at any one time and feel like, how dare you? You know, because I find that, that working in the public sector, I find it quite frustrating. And, you know, this has just been my experience that you better, you know, that whole thing around compliances and health and safety. So mm. why are you doing that? So, you know, you could be, don't switch our kettle on. You don't have the right to switch our kettle on because, you know, it's not part of your job description. So you might be dying for a cup of tea, but you're waiting for somebody to come and give you the okay to switch our kettle on, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, when I had, you know, my my time in the corporate world i i worked in companies like that where there was so much fear you know people were so afraid to be themselves to talk there was so much gossip there was so much um you know lack of information and communication that people would just make stuff up <laughs> that's right yeah. you know as i said if it's not there put it there so if the communication isn't happening then you will put your own communication there so it's about understanding what are you creating in your language. So there is a thing, spaces are invisible, but they're very powerful. And you have to be mindful about what you're putting in this space by what you communicate. So if the space is not loving and the conversation is all about not being loving, not being caring, my manager is this and the gossip and this, that's what you're putting in the space. Where it, where it, if you if you um not put that in there, then that's it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I've worked in environments where there's so much distrust that you know people are just stabbing everybody, stabbing each other in the back. They're pretending to to be something that they're not. Yeah, I've I've worked in some pretty toxic environments, but I think um hmm, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I worked in an industry dominated by one group. And when you don't have a lot of diversity and you have the same mindset and the same kind of people doing the same kinds of things, I think it's easy to have that because it, it lacked per perspective. I mean, I essentially worked with older white males, so <laughs> that were not really adaptable and flexible when it came to change. So it's like, this is my way or the highway. And I think that kind of cult, that leadership style creates that kind of culture. Yeah, so, so, so the other thing to, to remember as well, you know, people just doesn't give up power. You know, power isn't that easy. At mm -hmm. the end of the day, at the end of the day is understanding that you can't just give up what you've been using for such a long time. It's easy that you become... You know, this is this is how we do things here. Yeah. No, and yes. it's very hard it's very hard to, 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 to give that up. You know, it's very hard to give that up, you know. So it's it's understanding that if it works for you, why would you give it up? Mm, yeah. So the culture that you're creating is that it's workable, as you said about white older male, you know, it's the old boys network. And so why would you give that up? So that's, that's, that's the question around diversity and inclusion. If it's not having any kind of impact on me and I'm, I can get away with this and I'm comfortable with it, then it means I have to think completely differently. Why would I want to give that up, you know, in any shape or form? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And the whole... Um idea of, you know, it's my way or the highway, or this is how we do it. That is very toxic too, but that's all about control. You know, that's, that's a controlling environment. And I think when you're first starting out in business, 
you, it's very easy to be con controlling, isn't it? Because, you know, it's, it's kind of your baby, so to speak, and it's, it's your idea and it's, it's what you want to do. And, you know, as it grows, I, I think there are a lot of people who don't know how to walk away or, or how mm. to step back and, and let things, let things grow and, and accept the challenge and accept the, the evolution that comes with, with building um, a business. You know, I recently interviewed someone, Kiara, who uh, had an idea, built her business and scaled it all in five years. And now she's moving on to do something else. And when we spoke, she said, you know, I, I, I've never been someone who's just completely attached myself to this idea. So to, to, to the extent that I would never, um, you know, leave the organization. And she has. And now she's going on to do bigger and better things. And I think that mindset that she has creates a positive culture in any business. Yeah, that's true. You know, because you have to realize when something no longer works for you. Exactly. And, you, you know, one of the things she said, which stuck with me, was accept your evolution. Accept what's happening because it's, yeah. going, because yeah. it's going to change you. Building a business will change you in profound ways. And if you are not accepting of those changes, you will be stuck. And then you can't deliver the service to your potential customers or clients because well, you'll deliver something, but it won't be stellar because you are stuck. You're stuck mm. in your old ways. Mm. Yeah. And the other, thing to, the other thing to remember as well, that you know, your values change over time. So yes. the people who, who you might have started off with it's not necessarily, if you look again, come back down to Apple. You know, Steve Jobs started the business and then the values clashes in terms of his board to the point that, you know, he was asked to leave and mm. the values changed. So he might have been the founder and the visionary, but mm. if we want to move forward, you have to be able to understand that this no longer works, this, this way no longer works and, and create something new and step into that new. It's the same as the, the people who you might have gone to university with or gone to school with, times have changed and so the situation are changing. And how do you then make sure that you remain relevant instead of um, basically having the same conversation all the time? Mm, mm, yeah, wow. Mm, mm. Remaining relevant, that, that's a whole other conversation that I need to have one day with someone on my uh, podcast, but that is really, really important. So, okay, mm. so let's, let's, let's move on into, into other topics around, around this area, because we're talking about preserving um, culture and heritage as we build our business. So we've gone over quite a few things. What's important, wh what makes it important. Um, you've had some um, some very interesting conversation so far. So let's talk a little bit now about, let's say you're in, in the middle of the road, in the middle of the road in your business. Um, you're about to hit that five-year mark. Let's say you want to change your business model. We talked about values. How, and, and I understand what you said, but how do you actually then incorporate your values into your new business model? If you've been so accustomed to one type of thing all the time, one kind of way of doing things all the time i think it's like everything else um mm. how how you how how you choose to live your life is the same as how you choose to run your business mm. so that's so you're cool. doing yeah so if you're doing the same thing for the last five years right some of it might be workable some of it might not so that's why it's important that every year you look at what worked, what didn't work, and what kind of um, new possibilities that you need to create in order to stay relevant. Because it's really important. When you look at all the um, large companies and small companies as well, I think they, you know, they go out of business. It's somewhere in there that um, you start off with a great idea, but how will you remain relevant? That's the word. Are we still relevant today as we were five years ago? Are we still relevant today as we were when we first started? That conversation needs to be continuously have 
to, 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 to enable everybody in the company to understand, are we still relevant? And I think that's the way forward is really looking, are we innovative? You know, are we meeting clients' needs? Are we still functioning? Are people still coming to us? You know, what makes us relevant? And, um, you know, I hear there's conversations going on around um, competition. But I always say to all my clients, I have no competitors. The only competitor I have is me. I am the innovator, I'm the creator. And it's always looking at what needs. Am I really meeting the needs of my clients? And I think that's important because if you're not meeting the needs of your clients, then you won't have a business. And that's where the values come into it. What is it that you're doing that keeps them coming back? Mm, and that's a great segue into what I wanted to talk to next about next rather, which is cultural heritage assets. So what, like you just said, what is it about you that keeps them coming back for more? So what are your assets, but not just any assets, what are your cultural heritage assets? So what really makes you special from that cultural perspective? Do you want to talk about that or talk on that? A little bit? Yes, because, you know, I realize when I speak to my clients, I ask them the question, what is it that you get from me? What do you get from One Encore Club? And, you know, they said that they feel quite exceptional. And so I really jump on that word, exceptional leaders, building exceptional leaders. So this is where you come if you want to be exceptional in the things that you do. That's the brand value, exceptional. And so it's the same as if you look at um, Rolls-Royce. I always use that as an example. And if you look at Mini, the Mini car as well, you know, they've changed over the years, but they still are exceptional in terms of people like a Mini or a Rolls-Royce. I've never seen a Rolls-Royce for sale. You know, I always say that to my clients, look at your brand values that you are providing a service that enables people to keep on coming back. Not many people can afford a Rolls Royce and I've never seen one for sale. And all the years that the prices never go down, you know, they hold their prices. So it's really understanding that exceptionality. What is it that makes you exceptional that allow your customers to keep on coming back? I look at old British institutions and, you know, they hold on to their heritage and they hold on to that culture. You know, if you look yep. at Big Ben, House yep. of Common, Westminster Abbey, they've been around for centuries. Mm. And, and they I, make London, London. They make London special. Yeah, make London, London. That's it. You know, if Big Ben wasn't there, if the red buses wasn't there, if the underground map wasn't there, then you wouldn't be able to identify that it's London. It's the institution. So they do hold on to their culture and their heritage. And that's it. You know, it's what drives them in that sense. And then when you think of London, these are the places that you're going to, oh, I want to go there. I want to do this because of the, I want to go to Buckingham Palace. Mm. You know, the monarchy, you know, people said, well, you know, we should get rid of the monarchy. But there is still that heritage and culture that people hold on to in terms of the monarchy. Yeah. So once you understand what your cultural heritage assets are, then the mm. next thing that you need to do is you need to promote them, right? People need to know. Marketing. Mm-hmm. Marketing, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Marketing. Mm. So that's where the value is, you know, it's the core. You know, why would anyone want to do business with you? It's nothing more than, you know, I've been in business for 18 years. And wow. it's, driven. It's, it's driven by holding on to that culture and a heritage, which is the Proverbs the sayings, the communication. So people relate to that storytelling base. So when I meet someone and I'm able to say to them, you know, did you remember the things that your mother used to say? When I start my session, it becomes very much an icebreaker because people start talking about the things that their mother used to say, regardless of background and the connection there. And then people get to understand that the commonality through storytelling storytelling sells you know that's that is really powerful yeah definitely okay so now let's move on to the next part that i want to discuss 
which is, yeah, that is corporate culture. So we all know, well, we've all heard of corporate culture. I've worked in a corporate culture. Um, I don't know if you have, Lorelette, but once you get into these big organizations and you hear corporate culture, what is the first thing that comes to mind for you, Lorelette? Big, huge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can't be yourself. You 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 know you leave you leave your personality at the door. You operate in a straight jacket, and oh God, you know yes. that, that that story. That's what I said. Story sells. So you oh have a story God. around this large organization, and so do I really want to be in there? So what I get there is what's the story that being told about this organization, and it's important to know that. Because mm. now, you know, that's really important because um, there is a war for talents now mm. in terms of do I really, as someone leaving university or someone starting out or somebody embarking on a new career, is this the place that I want to work? I think there is very much a lifestyle culture like yourself, Joanne, for example. Yeah. You know, you might have started off working somewhere else where now you are traveling the world, you're a global citizen, you know, in China. Who knows, yeah. another year you could be in India, you could be somewhere else. And you know, I now work London and I work in Jamaica. I mean, I've got a house here in Jamaica. And to me, I'm still doing the same thing as if I was in London. With technology, it just open up the whole world and give you access to it. So people Absolutely. are now asking the question, do I really want to work nine to five? Do I want flexible working hours? Do I want to be on the beach? So there is a culture. And if you don't change with the way how the working culture is changing, then, you know, as a company, you will be stuck. You have to give people flexibility. People work now from home. I remember mm. when I was studying and um, sociology aspects of it and, you know, people talk about teleworking and everyone in the class were just laughing around trust. How do you know that people are going to do what they say they're going to do when they're at home? Yeah. How do you know that people are going to function? How is this going to happen? People are not in the office. I mean, people couldn't envisage. And it wasn't that long ago. It was 1993. It wasn't that long ago where people were able to say, wow, working from home, you know, can you imagine how many cups of tea I would have? Can yeah. you imagine how many this? You know, there would be no work. But yeah. now... Most companies cannot function without flexible working and home homeworking as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the reasons why I brought up the term corporate culture is because it's so funny how I think everyone's got, you know, the same definition of corporate culture, like everything you said, big um, bureaucracy, leave your personality at the door, because we know that's how it is. You know, you just become monotons in this in this big machine. But I mentioned it because when you're building a business from scratch, it's important that you not thrive to be a corporation. Right. You know, I think it's important that you tr you thrive to build a brand mm. you, and not this corporate business because the world has changed and mm. people don't do businesses with corporations or logos anymore they do business with people they want to get to know mm. people and the brand the brand is what sets you apart from everything else your brand incorporates your values you know your culture and it and all of that stuff and i, I just think it's really important not to create a corporate culture because then that, that sort of, I don't know how you feel, but I, I, I just think that sort of goes against everything entrepreneurial for me, at least. <laughs> well, you know, that's right. People do business with people and understanding the importance of that. And then, you know, it's all about the relatedness. You know, when you relate to people in a particular way. So like you have a relatedness, a relationship with someone, then mm. you can create possibilities you know me being a coach in order to um enroll someone to work with me mm. not necessarily um one hand car clap they're working with yes it's the brand mm. and one hand car clap is known as building exceptional leaders mm. yes that's great but it all started off with the relatedness that people have with me in the first place so mm. even if i was to step out of one hand car clap and somebody else 
took over the CEO role, the, the, the concept is, yes, one and Car Club is all about people. It's all about collective work and responsibility. It's all about innovation mm. and understanding. So even if it grows into large corporation, it was built on people understand that everything is about people and contribution. Wonderful. So now, Lorlet, what uh, final words would you like to share with our listening audience, our females, our rare ones who are all in the beginning stages of business? What would you like to share with them? What, what would you like them to really think about or remember about this conversation around the importance of preserving our heritage and culture? culture. The key thing I would say really and truly every morning, every day, every second, every hour that you wake up, really get in touch of understanding why you exist as a business. Why? What's the mission statement? Why do you exist? Why? What is it that you're offering that no one else is able to offer? Why mm. would anyone want to come and spend money with you? Because that's all there is to it. A business is nothing more than someone spending money with you, somebody paying you for something, someone paying you for a solution. That is it. So what is it that you're offering that makes you so unique that somebody wants to spend money with you? That mm. is it. Nothing happens until somebody buys something from you. If mm. no one's buying, then you don't have a business. Mm. Mm. If no one's buying then you don't have a business. Wow, great. Really powerful words, a lot to reflect on there for sure. So Lorlet, you know, we have a community of women that listen in to the podcast all the time. So is there anything that you would like from, from our community, um, maybe to collaborate on something or to work with someone on something or to share something? Um, and if so, uh, do tell us. What I'd like to do is, you know, People contact me by my website if there's anything I can do. I'm all about contribution. And, mm. you know, when I contribute, it makes a huge difference to me. I learn about myself from being a contribution because there's something that I have that can add value to someone. Please free to tap into me as a resource. You know, that's what is there for me is being able to be a contribution to someone that needs something. That would make me very, very fulfilled and having a level of accomplishments, you know, and vice versa. Reach out, reach out and touch, as Rita Franklin would say. Reach out and touch somebody's hand. I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, incredible. Great. And would you mind giving us all of your contact details so we can reach you, uh, your email address, your website, your social media? How can we get in contact with you? So my website is www.onehandcantclap.co.uk. That's O-N-E-H-A-N-D-C-A-N-T-C-L-A-P.co.uk. And it's Lolet at Facebook, just as One Hand Can't Clap as well, Facebook and LinkedIn, Lolet. And that's it. My mobile number is um, 07958-764-944, and that's London. And that's London. That's London. Yeah. So you can call, you can um, email, you know, there's different ways to get in contact with Laura. So Laura, before you leave, I just want to say thank you for everything that you do. You're obviously someone who has managed to incorporate your personal history, your family history, you know, your grandmother, who obviously had a profound impact on your life in your business because you've created these cards and that's why you won all so many innovative awards because you created these cards, which are so simple, which are based on your, on your culture and your history and your relationship with your grandmother. And you now use those to do training. So you are an example of what it means to incorporate your life, your history, every part of you um, into what you do and to not be ashamed of that because that's exactly, that is precisely rather what you have done. Precisely. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, always remember you are the business. Mm. You are the business. You know, that's it. It's not about anyone else. You are the one. You are the one that say, this is how it goes. This is how it's going to be. And, you know, then you enroll other people into you 
And then when enrollments happen, people take action because they're buying to you and they will quite happy spend their money with you when they understand this is the core. I can depend on you to be who you are, Joanne. You know, if you say to me, you're going to call me at nine o'clock, you call me. So it doesn't take anything for me to work in collaboration with you because I know you're going to deliver. You are who you are. And the big word for that is integrity and being able to say, this is my word. This is my word. And that's it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, for sure, for sure. Integrity. These things are all so important when you're building a business and it's so important that as you grow, you not lose your grounding and you not lose those things that are important to you. And I just love the way you have done it. I mean, you take these cards into the UK, which is not, uh, you know, obviously a completely different culture to the Caribbean or the Jamaican culture. And you use these cards and people get it, you know, and that's so, that's so important. It, again, you don't have to, like you said, you are the culture because you are the business. You don't have to separate your personal life and the person who you are and your culture from your business. You can find a way to weave those two together because of the world we live in now. You know, it's not like 15 years ago where you had to be, you almost had to be um, schizophrenic. You had to be two different types of people when you worked in business. You know, now, now things are, are fluid and people accept that you, you can infuse different parts of who you are. As a matter of fact, I would go far enough to say people demand it. They want to see more. You know, and they want to, yeah. they want to have a, a deeper connection. Yeah. And that's so true. I mean, you take the brand Oprah. For example, that's a prime example, the brand, um, you know, President, President Obama, you know, that's it. People buy into you because of who you are, the things that you do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, this was a great conversation. I do appreciate you, Lorlette. I do appreciate um, everything that you do, all of your work. I think you are such a great example of, of someone who has left your country, but your heart is still in your country um you who you are is still is still very much jamaican you know all those years of living in the uk you're still very much a jamaican you've you've brought all of that with you and i think so many people lose themselves when they migrate and they lose who they are and you've just refused to done that to do that you you've remained resilient and you've decided you know what I'm going to take all of me and all of my culture and put that in my business. And that is hugely admirable. So thank you for doing that because you're doing it will encourage others to do the same too. And it will show others that they can also achieve success by just being themselves, you know, um, and letting their uniqueness shine through. So thank you so much for being you and thank you for all your work. And it was really wonderful to have you on. Thank you for having me anytime. I yeah. much appreciate that. Thank you. And good luck in China. Yeah, yeah, China. Well, you know, good luck in China. It's such a, you know, there's so many Chinas in China. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just a roller crystal ride, but I'm loving it. So I do appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right, we're one. So that is it. You have heard from Lorlette. And I hope something we've covered today have inspired you or, 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 helped you in somewhere or implored you to want to go out there and do something different or incorporate like we said who you are and your culture in your business so this has been podcast episode number 87 and until next time bye for now